a baby and can't really give life in so many ways. I want to ask the question tonight, what kind of welcome did Jesus deserve? Christians believe that Jesus deserved to have every person from every nation come and worship him. But what kind of welcome did, did Jesus actually receive? We heard tonight in Luke's Gospel that Mary wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. The maker of the universe couldn't even get a room. This one who had come was unrecognised and unacknowledged and reminds us why he came, why he came to save, and how he came, how he came in humility, how he came in such a way that people couldn't even see the reality of who he was. The humility of Jesus' birth becomes the pattern for his whole life. In that same little body, wrapped in swaddling clothes, Years later, it would be wrapped in burial clothes. And it wasn't obvious who he was in his birth. And there as he hung on the cross, it wasn't obvious either who he was. See, Jesus' birth, Christians believe, is the most significant birth that our universe has ever encountered. And so we believe that it should be acknowledged. We believe it can be celebrated. But it was a birth into obscurity. And so the reality of Jesus' birth actually needs to be explained because it's not obvious. It's an incredible claim that Christians make that God has come to us, but that is not self-evident. It's not obvious, and it's certainly not popular. In fact, God knew this. And that's why in our last reading, we see that God sent angels real ones, to herald and call people to see that in the fragility of this little baby in a manger, here is God's power to overturn and to transform our universe. But for us as modern people, I guess we don't encounter angels every day. In fact, we find the claim that angels appeared, in fact, a little hard to stomach. It's jarring. But what was jarring and what was surprising in the first century was who these angels appeared to. You might recall from our last reading that these angels appeared to shepherds. Shepherds were the ones that God chose to reveal who Jesus was. Why these shepherds? Why would they learn first? the reality of who Jesus was and what God was doing. Because shepherds were outcast in the first century in Palestine. In Australia, we've romanticised the idea of being a shepherd, um, being a farmer, being a pastoralist. But in the first century, shepherds were unrefined and undesirable. They lived in the fields, and that meant that they were not able to make themselves clean under Jewish ceremonial law. They were also regarded as a little dodgy. They were kind of like the first century version of car, used car salesmen. 
Their, uh, their testimony was not admissible in a court of law. So it's to these shepherds that God chooses to announce. The shepherds who were despised and detested. Yet these were the ones that God wanted to understand. That God thought it was important that they understand who Jesus was. As we heard Mary sing earlier in Luke chapter 1, verse 52, Jesus came to bring down the thrones of the mighty and exalt those who are humble. And that's exactly what's happening. As these angels come to these shepherds announcing Jesus' birth. Because this is who Jesus has come for. He's come not for those in the centre of religious life, He's come for those on the outside, for those who don't quite fit in. And what those shepherds saw in those fields that first Christmas night was, well, it wasn't cute. It wasn't beautiful. Luke records it there in verse 9 of Luke chapter 2. He records that they were terrified as the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The shepherds saw a burning light that pierced that dark night sky and it was, it was nothing less than the reflected radiance of one of God's messengers, one whom God had sent to announce the birth of his son. And the very first words that these angels uttered to these shepherds that they encounter are, do not fear, don't be afraid. See, these shepherds, these hardened outdoor men, needed to know that they were safe before this announcement. And then the angel tells them, if you want to have a look in your booklets, there he tells them why he has come. The angel says, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This is the angel's gospel. And every word packed into what he says to these shepherds is important. These angels brought good news of great joy. Good news that brings great joy. And I think it would have been joyful for these shepherds because the angels say that what's occurring in the birth of Jesus is not for the elite. Did you notice there in verse 9? It's for all. Verse 10, sorry. It's for all people, even shepherds. A saviour, the angels say, has been born to you. I mean, we might think that a saviour had been born to Mary a saviour had been born to Mary and Joseph and the family, their tribe, their nation. But no, the angel says that this baby has been born to you. That this child is not just for his parents. This child is for them. That this child is theirs. That he's for all who would trust in him. And the angels, as they announce Jesus' birth, give... Jesus' four titles there, you'll see it in verse 11. Firstly, the Son of God. This is the sixth time in the Gospel of Luke 
so far that Jesus is connected with David, King David, this child that has been born, is a royal son. Secondly, he's described as the saviour. This is, in fact, Luke's favourite description of Jesus. A saviour is a deliverer, someone who rescues people from death and destruction. And when the angels appear to those shepherds to say that he is the saviour, it implies to those shepherds, and indeed it implies to us, that we need a saviour, that we need salvation. And these angels announce that the salvation that is being brought is not any salvation. This is God's salvation. The salvation that God brings is from sin, Satan and judgment. And what we see in the Bible is that Jesus rescues us from the worst of humanity's evil, the worst that can oppress us, the worst that we ought to fear. And by dying on the cross for our sins, he rises to give us everlasting life. This is what Christians believe. This is what we claim. But I don't think the shepherds would have got all that. There they are. The angels come. Here is Jesus' birth. Here is the son of David, the saviour. But the angels tell him anyway, which I think is fascinating. I think it's important because even though they don't actually understand the magnitude of who Jesus is in that moment, I take it that the angels tell these shepherds because they want them to look for Jesus, for whatever salvation they might need. I know that for many of us here tonight, we might not fully understand, believe in this person of Jesus. But I want you to know tonight that when you find yourself in the position where there is just nothing left and there is no one else to help, the experience of millions of people across all countries and across all time is that when you're in that position, Jesus is there. And he's there to save. If he is who he said he is, if he really is this son of God who has come to save them, wouldn't more people want to embrace his salvation? Well, the reason that Jesus appears to so many, just, you know, a fantasy of history, is that I think so many of us cling to every shred of our own effort to save ourselves. We don't need Jesus to save us when we can just work more, try a little harder, be a little better. You know what they are? They're our pathetic little attempts to save ourselves and Jesus won't be our saviour when we seek to be our own. You see, the reality is that Jesus is real. That he is willing to save. And he is able to save. It's just that so many people aren't desperate enough for him to save them. He's a saviour. Thirdly, 
He's the Christ. The word Christ means the anointed one. It's the word also Messiah. It's the one promised long ago, the one who would come to rescue the nation of Israel. The angels announce that this long-awaited king has come in this baby. The Messiah that had been promised has been sent. The one that God's people had longed for is here. Fourthly, and finally, the angels say that he is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. This is a term of honour that points to Jesus' divinity, who he is and his rule over those in the first century and those also in the 21st century. Luke has in fact used this word Lord 12 times previously in the gospel in the lead up to this section. And he's always used it in those 12 previous times, he's used it like this, the Lord God. But now for the first time, he speaks of this baby as Christ the Lord. Here is an unprecedented connection and combination. The promised human king is combined in the person of Jesus with God himself. The angels are announcing that this baby, this baby that they haven't even met, this baby is their saviour. This baby is their king, their messiah. This baby is their Lord and their God. And they wouldn't have known it unless God, through his messengers, had announced it. Because one reality the Bible reminds us of is that God doesn't just do things. He does do things, but he doesn't just do things. He says things. And in fact, we need to know what he says to believe what he has done. That's why for so many, it's just the birth of another baby. There are babies born every day in every part of the world across all times, but we need someone to explain it. We need God. We need his word. This is what we do as a church. We gather each Sunday because we don't get it and we need God to help us understand. And the shepherds might have been asking, well, which child in Bethlehem? And the angels might have been saying, well, there's only going to be one in a manger. The king who has been born has been born not in a palace but in an animal feeding trough in a manger. And if the angels didn't tell them to look there, do you think these shepherds would have known to go to Bethlehem, to go to this manger? You see, the reality is that for so many of us, Jesus could be just unrecognised and unacknowledged. But it takes God coming to us to reveal who he is. We can't understand it of ourselves. He's just another person born. But when God shows us who he is, he becomes Christ the Lord, who he actually is. We see him for who he actually is. See, we understand Jesus when we see who he is. When we see him as the shepherd saw him in his humility. And as the angels sing. They sing of glory to God in the highest. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom 
his favour rests. As these, angel, as these shepherds begin to grasp the reality of who Jesus is, the angels burst into singing this anthem of praise to God. This was not like the carols that we sing. We sing carols here of praise to God, but these are praises that start on earth and rise to heaven. But this was an anthem that had come down from heaven to earth. It was the song of heaven that had been brought down to us. It was the song of glory to God that had been sung to the eternal Son before the creation of the world. The adoration of heaven, the company of heaven that sung this song, that song in those angels coming has come from heaven to us. Because now God was sending his son into the world where he would be despised, where he would be rejected. See, this is how Jesus has come. He's come for us. He's come for us who have despised and rejected God himself and he's come to rescue us. And this is Jesus' glory. This is his highest praise. The skies opened that, that night to that angelic choir that choir from heaven that had come to earth because God had come from heaven to earth. They're praising God as they always had done. They sing a familiar song, but in a new venue, there in the fields that night. And it was the song that those shepherds were caught up singing. It was those who were very furthest from heaven, who were caught up in praising God for his son, the Lord Jesus. And so it is for us. If we are willing to see Jesus, if we are willing to acknowledge him, if we are willing to recognise him for who he is, as our Lord and as our God, we who are furthest from the song of heaven, tonight, as we know who Jesus is, we are caught up in its praise. Amen.